Welcome, friends. I'm Sarah Ann Stewart, and this is the Awesome Inside Out Podcast. Now, I'm not sure how you ended up here today, but I want to welcome you with open arms. Because while our paths may be different, I'm going to take a wild guess that we share one common desire to have a deeply fulfilling, extraordinary life in a body that we love. A life free of diets, free from guilt, and free from shame. In each episode, we're going to dive deep into mindset shifts that give you the power to decide how you feel, not the media, not your past, and not social conditioning. Then you'll discover how to use this inspiration and this new sense of confidence to be the best you, the you that you are meant to be. So get ready, my friend. It is time to get awesome inside out. Hey there, thanks so much for joining me for another interview episode. As always, I am so thankful and grateful and appreciative and honored that you are here today to upgrade your health, your well-being, your mindset, and to cultivate deeper levels of self-love, self-worth, self-confidence, self-esteem, self-awareness, all the things that we jam about every single week. And so if this is your first podcast with us, welcome. I want to welcome you with open arms. Thanks so much for being here. Also, if you enjoy this conversation, the absolute best way that you can always support, which would mean the world to me, is to share it with someone that you love who could also benefit from the wisdom shared today. So thank you so much in advance. Also, make sure to stay till the end as I'm going to offer you some applicable takeaways and a fun challenge this week to upgrade your health. This week, we're diving into honoring our boundaries. Because the phrase, stop being selfish, is a simple statement that most of us have heard over and over again growing up. It's the statement that for most of us now exists in our belief system and the belief that disappointing our families or our friends, our partners, our coworkers, our bosses is something that must be avoided at all costs. But what if we're wrong? What if we learned wrong? What if we aren't supposed to be endlessly trying to satisfy the needs of other people closest to us? What if people-pleasing actually isn't serving us? What if self-care wasn't perceived as being an inconvenience or a weakness? And so I know that you know in your heart what your body needs to be able to show up as your best self. And whenever you take the step to do that, despite the opinions of others or the potential backlash, you thrive. And although I could give you permission to make yourself a priority. You might not agree that this is true, but you might not actually implement these steps in your life. And that's why today I'm so excited to be joined by master coach Nancy Levine to deep dive on this topic. Because if anyone is going to get us in the mindset of caring more for ourselves, it is her. Nancy is a master coach and bestselling author of several books, including her latest called Setting Boundaries Will Set You Free. Formerly the event director at Hay House for over a decade, Nancy is the creator of Levine Life Coaching Academy and offers in-depth coaching and training programs designed to support clients in making themselves a priority and setting boundaries that most specifically stick. So today, Nancy is going to help us further understand how to finally make yourself a priority and some powerful mindset shifts to start integrating this belief with confidence. Hi, Nancy. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being here. I'm so grateful that you are taking this time in quarantine to be with us. I'm so happy to be here with you. 
I'm excited to have this conversation because it's something that isn't talked about often, which is really surprising to me because I think it's such an important topic that we start to have, which is boundaries. And your newest book, Setting Boundaries Will Set You Free, is something that I've really been enjoying and diving into. And I just appreciate you writing this book because I trust that it's perfect divine timing with where we are with quarantine, <laughs> right, right. where we are going into this world. I'm like, there's not a better time to come out with this book. <laughs> <laughs> right. We all need to be very aware of our own boundaries during mm-hmm. this time. <laughs> yeah. And so I'm curious for you, what got you excited and really inspired to talk about boundaries and really where that potential disconnect was from you and how you became an expert on this topic and really what got you into teaching people about why boundaries are so important and why it really is the thing that will give you back so much of your health and your energetic life, right? The things that Mm we so deeply say that we want and we need, but yet often our boundaries are what's keeping or preventing us from living our better lives. That's right. So boundaries really have, the theme has been a through line through much of my work, primarily because I am someone who for many decades of her life, had none. And first of all, that we're allowed to have boundaries. We're certainly not taught how to set boundaries. And so I grew up and spent most of my life as the expert queen of people-pleasing, peacekeeping, conflict-avoiding, not rocking the boat, always wanting to be the rescuer and the fixer and the saver. And those personality types tend to be the most boundaryless because we're living in such a way where we're making someone else the center of our universe and we're abandoning ourselves in the process. We're living a life that's referenced by others. And so having lived so much of my life without boundaries and having the experience of setting boundaries, really, I would say my major life-altering boundary that I set was about 10 years ago. And it completely changed the course of my life for the better. And being able to locate myself and being able to discover what my needs were and really for the first time make myself the priority in my life was what changed my entire life. So it became really important to me to make sure that boundaries were the stepping stones in my work. And I will say that in the book I wrote prior to this one, in all of my books, there have been chapters or pieces on boundaries. And then having written the book I wrote prior to this, which is called Permission to Put Yourself First, it was out of the way that boundaries were really anchoring in that book that it, I realized we need a whole book on boundaries themselves. Mm, Yes, yes, yes. And was there one moment where you recognized, okay, I have given away all of my power through these, I would call them wounding patterns. I'm curious if that's how you would call them, very much driven by what we've been taught societally and culturally. And and what we're told is is even acceptable, right? The acceptable way to be, the acceptable way to live. Was there like an awakening moment where you just said, I'm done? Or was it cultivating over time this awakening process in which you were like, okay, I'm really giving my gifts away. So it was definitely something that had been brewing over time. And what's fascinating to me as I reflect is that, you know, so I was the event director at Hay House for 12 years. 
I traveled the world with, you know, the greatest minds and teachers and thinkers and luminaries in the field of self-empowerment. It was my dream job. I was on the road 200 plus days a year. I always had a front row seat and a backstage pass with everybody. And what made me exceptional at my job was that I had no boundaries because I would get a phone call at 3 a.m. and answer. If you needed something from me tomorrow, you would have it yesterday. And if you sent me an email, I would reply before you even hit send. You know, it was like that. And it was a way in which I excelled at what I did. But what it also did was create a level of burnout in me that I wouldn't even be able to recognize until about, and I'm not joking, until about three years post me leaving that job. So there was a way in which I was very rewarded for being that way. You know, I was someone who constantly chased the gold stars, always wanting the external validation and approval, and I got it. But the problem is that when we're chasing the gold stars, no amount of gold stars is ever going to be enough. There's no amount that is enough. And so everything we're seeking externally needs to be resolved internally first. And so there was this period then of after I left my job, that was really sort of the when I could really look back and see. And it all sort of happened, began happening, I would say, about 10 years ago, like I said, there was this, the big boundary I set was actually not going back to my now ex-husband. And that was really the first time I set a life-altering boundary and was able to hold it. It wasn't easy. It took a lot of support but it really did change everything. And then slowly over time realizing, oh, here are the leaks. Here is the way I'm leaking my power. Here is the way I'm giving everything away. And it's time to actually sort of retain the resourcing for myself. And did you start to recognize the cultural patterns of, well, if you don't set boundaries or if you do set boundaries, then you're a selfish human. Yes, I love talking it, about this. <laughs> is that the culprit of the boundary or are there, I'm sure there's multiple wounding patterns, but that's the one I see over and over again, which is, well, I can't be selfish. Uh, you know, my kids come first, my husband comes first, my work comes first, everyone else comes first, I'm last. And that means I'm a good human because I'm not right. selfish. We, right, so we value selfless. And the thing is that in selfless, we've disappeared, we've vanished. And we've spent so much energy disowning selfish that the goal here really is, first of all, to recognize that any quality that we disown is going to show up around us big time. So we are going to get triggered by this quality in others because we have disowned it from ourselves. So The idea here is actually to be able to own, I am selfish and I am selfless. I am both. It's not either or, it's both and. And I really look at selfish as, I often say, I think selfish, self-love, and self-care are three sisters whose job it is to support us in honoring ourselves. Because what happens is we've put ourselves on the back burner Here's a perfect, I think about this as a metaphor, and yet I've had several of my clients tell me, oh, no, no, that's real. We want to set the table with the lace linen tablecloth and the fine china and the silver and the crystal and the big juicy steak or the big juicy tofu. And we 
stand in the kitchen in the dark over the sink, eating the scraps and crumbs. And we think that's okay. Right. Or cleaning up around everyone else as they enjoy the meal. (laughs) Right. So we have completely removed ourselves from our lives. And yet we want to blame everyone else for why we're not satisfied or fulfilled. And so when we're talking about boundaries, and I'll simply say, I define boundaries as the limits that we set around what we will or will not do, will or will not tolerate, and will or will not accept. So the problem stems from the fact that we've been tolerating the intolerable and accepting the unacceptable for most of our lives. And we haven't actually located ourselves in the equation of what's okay and what's not okay. Because we're usually operating on the belief that harmony is the goal in any relationship, intimate partnership, me and my mother, whoever. We think harmony is the goal. But the thing is that when we're gunning for harmony at all costs, it comes at a very high cost. And it comes at a really high cost to us because then we're in that loop of what do I need to do or say to make everything be okay, which takes us anywhere but the present moment of what's real and true. And so with boundaries, it's really about being able to come into the place of knowing what is true for me. And then I think personally, I think freedom is being able to live in alignment with my truth and being able to express my truth without fear. And so boundaries are the bridge to that. Boundaries really help us identify what's okay, what's not okay. What can I live with? What won't I live without? How do I actually create this life where I'm living it on my own terms instead of inhabiting someone else's life? Yeah, I love that. I'm having a moment of realization where a while ago I started in meditation, recognizing, okay, well, why am I sabotaging my business? This is maybe like two or three years ago. And I was using my relationships and blaming them as a way to prevent my business from growing because I had too much to do. And I had to take on the responsibility of too many people in my life. And so because I didn't feel worthy of a business that was successful and growing at the rate that I believed it potentially could, I didn't feel worthy of that. I used my lack of boundaries as a way to prevent myself from growing in my business. And so it's, it's really interesting that we do this and we use, I love the part about you saying we, it's our responsibility to start recognizing where we're using boundaries and that excuse to prevent us from living the life that we deeply desire to live and we're worthy of. I truly believe that we're all worthy of living our most fulfilled life. And yet we have these patterns and these beliefs that hold us back. And then yet we place the blame on other people and then we resent them. And that's the part where like we resent them and then the relationship suffers as well, which I personally found. And so it took me a long time of healing to get to the place where I could identify the worth in myself and then also start to get better at boundaries with my family. I feel like I'm not there yet, but I'm curious for the listener who is like, okay, I see that this is happening, but I'm terrified. Like I'm terrified of having to actually have this conversation with my family. I think family is the biggest one. Or I'm terrified to actually go to my husband and have this conversation. I'm terrified to to leave my kids with help once in a while. Like, where do we begin to break these stories down and how do you help people move through this? 
Yeah. So first what I'll say is it can feel like we are, you know, swimming along and then abruptly being forced to turn around and swim upstream, you know, like it can feel like that. And like I was saying before, we never learned how to set boundaries. This is a foreign proposition for most of us. And there are a few things here. One is that when we feel guilty in this context, I always say that it is an indicator that we're on the right track. So guilt in this particular context of actually making our needs known, being able to step into even having needs and asking for what we need or claiming and declaring what we need. Whenever there's guilt around that, it's simply just letting us know, hey, you're actually honoring yourself. I know it feels awkward because you haven't ever done it before, but you're on the right track. We have to learn, we have to actually learn how to locate ourselves because we've been, like I was saying before, we've been other referenced. So if it's family, if it's kids, if it's partner, whatever it is, we've been focusing our attention outward on them and we literally need to turn the attention inward. The mistake that most people make around this is they think it's an either or. So we think if I care for myself, then I'm disregarding or disrespecting or ignoring everybody else. And it's a both and. So what I like to say is it's sort of a three-pronged approach here. First is, are you willing to give yourself permission to consider yourself and your own needs at least as much as you consider everyone else, like at least that much. And that for some feels like a huge stretch. Then it's really about, are you willing to give yourself permission to consider your needs more than everyone else's? And then it's, are you willing to consider your needs first before you consider everyone else's? So nowhere in here did I say, don't consider someone else's needs, right? <laughs> but a lot of people will hear it that way. Yep. Based on their own based, exactly. projection. Projection. Moment, yes. And yeah, yeah. based on, really ultimately based on the codependency. I'm looking outside of myself to feel emotionally regulated, or I only know how I feel once I take someone else's temperature. So it's literally coming back to what are my preferences? What are my desires? It can be something as simple as the question. Someone says to you, hey, what do you want for dinner? The usual response is, I don't care. What do you want, right? (laughs) (laughs) To actually stop in that moment to consider what do I want for dinner? And that's something that seems really simple but it's a way in which we give away our power that we're not even aware of. Right. And then do you see often that there's an expansion period where the individual starts to set the boundary, starts to recognize their innate power, starts to show up for their own truth, and then it causes discord with their relationships for a time being until they recognize that that person has stepped into their power? Like, how do you navigate through that bridge, right? That happens. Yeah. So what can happen when, what it really is, is we're changing the rules of engagement. 
So if we've been showing up one way for so long, but really the one way we've been showing up is, is a persona, is a way we've been packaging ourselves to be digestible to someone else, is a way we've been hiding some part of ourselves in order to be loved and accepted. Really, ultimately, most relationships at a foundational level have been built on a bait and switch. And it's some time along the way, we can't hold our breath anymore. And we finally have to come out with, okay, here's who I really am. I really don't like to mountain bike, you know, or whatever it is. But because I want you to like me, I've been doing all these things. I've been acquiescing all along. And so what's also can start to happen is that as we start to step into the truth of who we are, it can be confronting for others around us because it might hold up a mirror to show them the ways in which they're not actually examining their own lives in the same way. And they don't want the rules to change. And it doesn't mean that all hell has to break loose. And it can be a conversation. It can be a collaboration about let's change some things. I know we've been doing life this way for how many ever years, but I'm noticing that I'm actually unfulfilled or there's something I need. So let's look at another way. And so a lot of the work I do with clients is actually around language and around, you know, the number one reason I hear time and time again, that people won't, don't set boundaries is they don't know what to say. And so there's a lot of power that comes in actually understanding a few things that I, first of all, this is really the foundation for all of my work around boundaries is if your boundaries are being crossed, you are the one crossing the boundary. So the myth we have around boundaries is that other people cross our boundaries. And yet a boundary is really between me and me, even if it involves another person, because it's not up to anyone else to uphold or respect or honor my boundary. It's up to me. So a boundary that I'm going to set is a boundary that I need to hold. And so it's really important not to verbalize a boundary that you're not prepared to uphold. Otherwise, you're the little girl who cries wolf. So when we're setting boundaries with others, it's still a boundary with ourselves because we're the one who has to maintain it. We're the one who has to take the action. A boundary is not about wanting someone else to change. A boundary is not about wanting someone else to do something different. A boundary isn't pointing a finger at someone and saying, you always, you never, I need you to. A boundary is really only about what's okay for me or not okay and what I'm going to do to take care of myself. Hey there, friend. Are you loving this podcast? I want to continue to support you. So the simplest way to do this is to head over to sarahannstewart.com and pop into the newsletter. Doing this ensures that you never, ever miss any details of our new projects, products, upcoming events, or issues that are near or dear to my heart. You're also going to get access to the movement. This is the inner circle of people just like you standing in their power to bring more truth and a new level of consciousness where all individuals get to live a diet-free life in a body that they love. So pop on over to sarahannstewart.com and subscribe, and I'll see you on the inside. 
So for example, it could be a client gave me this example the other day. You know, she's like, my mother calls me all day long. And I told her that I work and she needs to stop calling me when I'm working. So that's not a boundary. Telling your mother, don't call me when I'm working. The boundary is I'm letting you know that when you call me when I'm working, I'm not able to answer the phone. So I will pick up the phone after 6 p.m. when you call. Very clearly saying, here's what I'm going to do. You know, or something that can even be, you know. And I like to begin the conversations with I, if I'm sharing a boundary with someone else. So it might even be, you know, I'm not comfortable when you have more than two drinks when we're hanging out. So I'm just letting you know ahead of time that if you decide to have more than two drinks tonight, I'm going to excuse myself and go into the other room on my own. Mm -hmm. So it's very much driven by radical responsibility for the action. That's 100% what it is, because what it does is it takes us out of blame and victim mode and puts us into responsibility and empowerment. And then we're giving the permission to the other person to show up how they're going to show up in a non-attached way to how we're going to be. Yeah, that's right. And so then it's not about, you know, we, believe me, I spent much of my life trying to change other people. It doesn't work. So (laughs) it doesn't work. You're absolutely right. So it's not about changing another person. It's really just simply saying, here's what's okay. Here's what's not okay. Here's how, here's how I'm going to show up. And here's what I'm going to do to take care of myself. This is how we actually meet our own needs. This is how we make sure we're well taken care of. So great. I love that. I wanted to, yeah, dive deeper into the boundaries with specifically families and children, because I hear this over and over again with mothers who are so concerned about taking that space for themselves to feel well, to take care of their health, to manage their own internal experience, whether that's even taking five minutes to step out and do breath work or to meditate. And the work that I do is very much about if you do take that time, you become more present with your children. The time that you will spend with them will be amplified in terms of your ability to show up with clarity instead of being frustrated and triggered. I'm curious if that is what shows up for you as well and and how you navigate the family dynamic with kids because there's so many mothers listening and and I do hear this one specifically over and over again. Yeah. So I am of the school of the old fashioned oxygen mask. (laughs) You know, you need to put your oxygen mask on yourself first. And there's no reward for showing up as a martyr. There's no reward for being the most selfless mother. There's no reward for running yourself ragged so you don't have one minute to yourself that we think that this whole wearing busy is a badge of honor and all this. The way you can actually be the best mother for your child is to resource yourself, fill yourself so that you can give from fullness as opposed to emptiness. So you can give from a place of generosity instead of obligation. So you don't build the resentment. Resentment is the number one telltale sign boundaries need to be put into place. And here's the thing. When you say, I have no time for me, every client who I work with, I will challenge them on this because there is something you are doing in your day 
that you are choosing over taking time for yourself because the truth of the matter is you resist the stillness or you resist the silence or you resist putting the attention on yourself, not just out of guilt, but out of what you might find there. So that half an hour you just spent scrolling on Instagram for no reason could have been spent meditating or journaling or going for a walk or taking a bath. I mean, especially now in this quarantine time, you know, it's interesting. So I will be full disclosure. I do not have children. I coach a lot of people, thousands of people who have children, (laughs) including my sister. I mean, I don't coach her, but you know what I mean? But you know, she's a meditator and even through this whole quarantine, two teenagers home, her husband home working, the dog, the whole thing. She is still every day making the time to meditate. It's possible. It's not impossible. There are ways to actually, I send out once a week, I send out a um, bite-sized boundary tip Tuesday. So a little email on Tuesday mornings. And a couple of weeks ago, I sent one out about the quarantine about, you know, to be able to actually say to your family, hey, I'm going to go in the bedroom for 30 minutes to take some time for myself. I'm, I'll come out when I'm ready. And to just be able to do that. It's not asking for permission. It's not a negotiation. It's just, here's what I'm going to go do. And I even know other people who are, you know, of littler kids and they are being incredibly resourceful during this time of finding ways to have the kids be, you know, self-occupied so that they can do things that they need to do. There is a way. It's really just a big, it's really just becomes a big excuse of there's no time or there's no way or it's impossible. There is a way. It is possible. There is time. Just look for the time in your day that you're actually spending on something else. Yeah. It's just an upgrade in mindset. It's really that ability to see okay, what are the benefits on the other side of this? But I think there's also, which people I think forget is that there's such a benefit to the people watching you take that time for yourself. Oh my God. I mean, absolutely. Because we're constantly modeling and we want to be modeling what's actually going to serve us best and what's going to serve them best. Yeah. It's important to be that model for your children and it's important and something, I don't have children, but I recognizing that when I do, how important this piece will be. But even within the dynamic of my marriage, I've recognized how important it is for me to take that time to just say, I'm going on a walk by myself. I need this 30 minutes, 45 minutes. I need this space. I need this energetic experience alone to really be be with myself and be with my thoughts. And, and what I've seen, and I'm curious, the abundance mindset and and the things that come on the other side of this. I would love for you to talk about this. But for me, I've recognized that my triggers have decreased, my anger towards my husband, my frustration with him, my frustration with my parents. It's like when I set the boundary, then if my mom calls during the time I told her not to call, I'm like, okay, well, there's no reason to be angry because she's already been informed of when I will be available. And so those aspects of the dynamic of the relationships have shifted tremendously since being able to implement some of these tools that you suggest. Um, I'm curious what else you see on the other side of this boundary setting where people just all of a sudden, I, I do think that there's that time period probably where it could feel a little bit discomforting, but on the other side of it, what shows up for people that is just 
so worth doing this work. Here's the thing. We have so much fear about setting boundaries. We think that the setting boundaries makes us mean or that setting boundaries is about rigidity or restriction or constraint. And I really think of boundaries as being expansive, that this is the way we are carefully choosing and consciously curating what we want in our lives. And so when we share our boundaries with other people, and I would say the reason the triggers diffuse is also that the fact that we're giving them pieces of our puzzle. We're giving them pages of our operating manual. So in truth, the relationship can become more intimate and connected. So you saying that you're going for a walk actually allows you to have an experience with yourself so that you're not feeling that resentment rising, so that you're not in that place of constantly acquiescing or giving in or feeling like you have to give of yourself in order for someone else to have. Part of that is this whole zero-sum game idea most people have. If I have, someone goes without. If they have, I go without. But if you take the time and space, you're getting more resourced. And chances are, as you're naming, it's better off for the relationships in your life all around. And what I really, you know, sort of the stepping stone from there is to be able to take the time without an excuse or rationalization or justification or a reason. I love that. So I'm going for a walk because I'm exhausted is different than I'm just going for a walk because it's good for me. Or I'm going for a walk. I'm just going for a walk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm just going for a walk. I'm going for a walk. See you in an hour. And bye. You know, I mean, nicely with love and a kiss goodbye, but not no because. Yeah. And it's the trust in the relationship. And this is also something as we become more aware that your partner or the people in your life are doing what's serving them. And they're not doing it because of a backlash to you or because they're angry with you. I think that's another dynamic that comes into play a lot. It's like, oh, what did I do that she needs to go on a walk? It can't be that she just goes on a walk because that would be enjoyable for her. There has to be like these weird wounding patterns that go into play. But I think that through communication, I'm I'm assuming that's what you're working through is really the communication piece. Absolutely. Right. Because it's not personal and it's not about the other person. And it's it's like you're not going on a walk to the other person. You know what I mean? Or you're not going on a walk even away from the other person. You're just going on a walk. And what this makes me think of is what we're really trying to do with the I'm going on a walk because or something like that is we're really trying to avoid conflict. And At the root of conflict avoidance is really the fear of discovering that the relationship itself can't hold up to there being a disturbance. So I look at conflict as an illumination of our differences. I don't look at conflict as bad. I just look at it as, okay, you see it this way, I see it that way. And I'm not going to spend my energy trying to get you over to my side and I'm not going to come over to your side. I might come over and take a look and try to see it from your, you know, stand in your shoes and see it through your eyes, but I can stay in my space with around this. So it's a little bit like agree to disagree, but it's just, we have differences. We're different people. 
we don't have to be on the same page around every single thing. There are certain things that are good to be on the same page around, but not everything. It doesn't have to be that way. We just can't stand the disturbance. We just can barely stand the discomfort. So that's when we go into that mode of, like I was saying before, what do I need to do or say to make everything be okay? Even if it's crossing my own boundary for things to be okay. And a lot of us do that. A lot of us overstep what's okay for us to make it okay with or between the two of us. And so it's really about recognizing like, okay, a real, true, honest, loving relationship of any kind can hold the differences, can hold your truth and mine at the same time. Right. I love that. And I think a lot of the women I work with specifically are so terrified to even speak their truth to their families and, or they're scared something's going to leak on social media, or they're scared that the truth of what even career they're going into or where they're moving or because they're so terrified of that approval piece. And I just think if we started to set stronger boundaries in the beginning, Mm -hmm. as we left home, as we cultivated our lives, then there wouldn't be the influence from the other side thinking that they could even change our mind because our boundaries already set. And it would develop more of a respect between people as well, and specifically family dynamics. And so I, I love that. Yeah, I think it's so important that as we all step into our truth, we just define it for ourselves. I'm curious for you, what defining it for yourself looks like. Does that look like going into meditation and tapping your own level of awareness of what is your truth? Because everyone's boundaries look very different for different people. Right. I mean, so I do. I mean, I meditate and I journal daily. I think that for me, the gift of meditating has actually been that it translates into present moment where I'm actually able to slow down in the moment and consider myself in a conversation. So being able to really consider, do I want to say yes or no to this? Being able to consider what are my needs here? What do I want? As opposed to being in that knee jerk, yes, or the knee jerk of really feeling like someone else's urgency needs to be mine, or someone else needs or wants something of me. Therefore, it's my responsibility to give, but to be able to really slow down to like, okay, what's here and what's true for me here? Let me check in with that first. Yeah, I love that. I made a rule for myself for the last uh, about a year and a half that I wouldn't fire off an email, fire off a text, say yes in the moment until I took some time to Mm -hmm. connect with myself. Awesome. I love that. There was this emotional charge of just, yes. And then I'm resenting the yes that I I said. And so I've I've told myself, okay, you're not going to say yes for on anything until you have, you know, unless it's something that it's like, okay, what do you want for dinner or something like that? But but like the yeses that would be lifelong commitments or bigger commitments that would take quite a bit of energy out of my day-to-day experience. And so I come back to myself and then I check in with myself during meditation. And the voice that I hear is often yes or no. And then it's funny when you go back to the mind, you're also you're often in the tennis match of the yes or the no based on old programming and stories. And exactly. then I have to come back to my heart and say, your heart just told you that that's a no. <laughs> like, yeah. you don't have to keep going back to it over and over again. What's really important there is to look at the motivation. 
because I often give my clients the little assignment of for the next week, for every direct request that is made of you, if you can say no right out of the gate, say no. Otherwise, say, I will let you know tomorrow. So you can build in the space of, is this a yes, is this or no? Because most of us say yes from the motivation of responsibility, obligation. I don't want someone to be mad at me. I don't want someone to be disappointed. Or I want to be the hero. You know, we have all these reasons why we say yes beyond desire that have actually nothing to do with desire. So my challenge is say yes from desire. Say no to everything else. I love that. And then coming back to the no without the explanation, I think right. that's my well, hardest part. Well, well, and so that I'm glad you brought that up because that's also a big thing. You know, I'm a big proponent of say no with grace and gratitude but without excuses. And so that you can come in with something as, thank you so much for asking, I'm not available. Or there is the whole no is a complete sentence, but we have this whole thing that we have to go in with a reason, an excuse, a song and a dance, a whole story. And we don't because the truth of the matter is that first of all, we don't need any excuses to back up what's true for us. So if this is true, I don't need excuses or reasons to defend my truth. The other thing is that someone else's response to our truth is not our responsibility to manage. And this is another way we cross our own boundaries because there is the borderline between the territory of me and the territory of you. And most people, especially the codependents, don't know where I end and you begin. So when I'm trying to manage someone else's experience, I'm crossing my boundary into their territory. When I'm trying to take responsibility for something that's not mine, but is actually theirs, I'm crossing over. Yeah. And I feel like when they feel that you're not definitively a no, they can feel into that energy. And then that perpetuates the motive behind them to try to pull you back into the yes. (laughs) And so the moment that you're holding strong in your choice, I'm good friends with a top CEO and he, he says, my line is definitively no, if someone keeps coming back just to be in that power stance of this is my final decision. And I'm so sorry that it's energetically not rubbing right on your side. You're going to have to work with that. And again, I'm sorry that you're having that experience, but this is my truth. And I notice that when I'm not strong in my answer or I'm not in that definitive no space within myself, the other person can feel that. And then that's exactly what it it is. That's right. Mm -hmm. And that is exactly what it is. It's like, if I'm out of alignment, then I'm like leaving the door open for something else to come in. (laughs) Right. Right. And to be veered back. That's right. Yeah. (laughs) Veered back. Yeah. Which is then again, more energy sucking and then pulls us more out of our power. Right. Right. Yeah. I love that. I love that so much. So where are the places people can find you? I know that you help people even write a personal script for boundaries. You send these daily emails or Tuesday emails, right? Every Tuesday, Mm -hmm. you send these emails that help people. I think it's really great because there are these friendly reminders of just what 
you can do on a weekly basis to kind of bring yourself back into your boundary setting and then your book. And so I would love for people to be able to get more access to you and learn more about this. I do feel like this is, as you said in the beginning, the bridge to so much of what you want to create in your life. Because as you clear up the time, the resource, the energy, the space, you create the space for your health and your family dynamics, even that, and your friends and your community and your life to evolve when you're not sucked into a lot of the things that keep bringing us back away from our greatness. Mm, It's true. So everything is on my website, nancylevin.com. My books, I've got a free Facebook group. I've got a private coaching membership. I've got a life coach certification and training program, all the information, all my social media, everything's there on my website. Amazing. So N-A-N-C-Y-L-E-V-I-N.com. Yes. Yes. Perfect. Awesome. Thank you so much for being here. It was such a pleasure to have this conversation, especially during this quarantine. Me too. I really enjoyed talking with you. Awesome. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you. Oh, I am so thankful for Nancy taking the time to talk with us about the importance of making yourself a priority. And I'm curious how this podcast landed for you, what resonated, what inspired you, and are you now motivated to make boundaries for yourself? Because more than ever, it feels like the act of being selfless is becoming more and more normalized. It's something we're hearing more and more to be selfless. And we want to help our friends, our families, our neighbors, And even though offering a hand to those who can deeply need it is rewarding and necessary, it's equally important to create the space and time for you. So I've discovered many times in my life, creating boundaries didn't seem like an option. But as I healed my wounding patterns, my boundaries became easier and easier to create. So this week, I encourage you to embark on one of the most challenging actions, which is to create boundaries and to learn to devote this time back to yourself. So here's the question. If you could change one scenario right now, or if you could gift yourself some time, what would need to change? What would need to take place in your life in order to do this? And I also want you to know that you are so worthy of this sacred time. So whatever shows up for you while you're thinking about that, trust that it is okay. And that underneath that feeling, you are still worthy of this sacred time. So showing up for yourself might look like a 10-minute meditation before your morning starts. Maybe it's an exercise class after work. Maybe it's indulging in a book before bed. Maybe it's a girl's night, even if it's on Zoom in the middle of the week. The possibilities are endless. So take some time to settle in to this space and believe that it is possible and write down everything that will improve on the other side of you taking this time for you. When you feel worthy, what will happen? When you take this time for yourself, how will this impact your health and your body? How will you feel emotionally? And what other amazing things will happen because you stepped into this? So write this down, right? Everything that will be beneficial on the other side of you setting this boundary. And that way you can create this list that will motivate you to again, envision this improved life available to you right now so that you can enjoy what's on the other side of these boundaries and you can feel worthy of stepping into this space. And so I believe in you and I trust that this change is possible and it's right around the corner. 
And once you do it and step into it, it will be easier and easier and easier. And so if you enjoyed hearing from Nancy today, I also recommend listening to my podcast with Alyssa Nobriga as we approach the topic of self-worth and self-love from a different angle by empowering ourselves to believe in ourselves and to really trust in the process of healing from within. So drop me a message on Instagram if you've been listening to these podcasts, if they're resonating, what's resonating, what do you wanna hear more of, what are your questions, and how can I help you in becoming happier and healthier? I'm here for you and I wanna hear from you because that's what this movement is about. It's about us all coming together as a community to really uplift and inspire one another to create our happiest, healthiest self. So you can find me on the gram at Sarah Ann Stewart. And until next time, I'm sending you a massive virtual hug. I'm sending you so much love. And I'm also putting trust in the fact that these boundaries will absolutely upgrade your life and your health and your well-being this week. All right, that concludes this cast. It is my honor to always be here with you. But hang tight because I have one last thought. You're here right now because you are ready. Because while many of us share the feelings of wanting more, not everyone is willing to do what it takes to get it. But you are here. You are ready. So this is your opportunity now to take what you just learned and implement it today. Make a pact with yourself to put just one thing into action. Just one. Write it down, do it, and share it with me. We are all in this together. Thank you for being here. You too can feel awesome from the inside out.